let me take you on a walk down memory lane. Not uh, movies or music or anything like that, but terrorist attacks, the terrorist attacks of 2016. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, <laughs> we, uh, since today is the last day of, well, the last podcast in any case, almost the last day of 2016, I thought it would be a great idea to do a year in review. <laughs> this might not be as much fun, fair warning, as, uh, as a year in review of, you know, that some of the other things that you're going to be um, hearing about in these last days of 2016, but it is something that's really important because the uh, bottom line from all of this, first of all, you'll hear things about things that maybe you never heard about during 2016 or you did hear about, and you'll say, oh yeah, I remember that. Um, and the bottom line is that uh, we need to wake up and smell the coffee and um, realize that terrorism is not going away, uh, at, least not, at least the way it's looking in 2016, because there have been more terrorist attacks and worse terrorist attacks, not worse than 9-11, of course. But, um, but we have to be prepared. That's my message to you today. Uh, and I think as I start going through these examples, the, I can't even I can't even begin to tell you about all the terrorist attacks of 2016. I started when I was starting to do research for this today. I was looking, you know, googling things and looking up things, and I looked up this one site that supposedly, you know, had um, it was a list of terrorist incidents in in 2016. And I thought, oh great, I'll just you know use that list and talk about that list. Well, as it turns out, um, there were sub-lists, and they had it divided into months. And so what I'm going to be talking about today is I took January 2016 and December 2016 as examples. But just so you have an idea, in January 2016, there were 102 terrorist incidents, and in December 2016, there were 125 terrorist incidents. And, you know, this is not even all, um, there are all different numbers given for terrorist attacks, depending upon the ways that you look at them. But like, for example, one um, um, list gives, shows that there were at least 1,800 terrorist attacks, which kind of makes sense, actually, if it's, um, a little over a hundred each month, um, and over 15, over sixteen thousand fatalities. So that's like a, a snapshot view of what's in store. And so obviously, I mean, you know, it's it's mind blowing. Now, of course, many of these attacks are in places like Somalia and Libya, and. Uh, Iraq and uh, Syria and so on, which I'm not even going to be talking about because we, we've kind of, it's really sad, but we in the United States have become desensitized to attacks in those kinds of countries. Um, Egypt, Pakistan, you know, the, the countries that are filled with terrorists. Um, 
and I shouldn't say filled with terrorists, but have a lot of terrorist influence. Let's put it that way. And so we've become desensitized. It's like, oh yeah, of course that country is going to have terrorist attacks. We don't even pay attention to it anymore, unless uh, particularly a large amount of people were killed, or it was a hotel where there were a lot of foreigners, tourists. Um, but you know, we, we're we're sort of paying attention. Um, in the United States, paying attention to things that happen in the United States and paying attention to things that happen mostly in Western countries that we relate to more. You know, many of us have traveled to those countries and so it means something. It's hard to imagine, for example, uh, like the Paris attack, which was actually at the end of 2015. Um, you know, that for all of us who have traveled to Paris, um, that was particularly painful. We sort of we, we identified with that, we felt that more. Um, and also, of course, it was a horrendous series of attacks. Um, and I lived in Paris for two and a half years. And um, so it was particularly painful to me. So countries like that, you know, we kind of pay attention. And of course, when it's in the United States, we really pay attention. And, and um, it has been breaking through our denial somewhat because of these countries. Um, and these attacks, but the, we need to learn. It's, it's not just a matter of starting to wake up from our denial, which we have to do, but we also have to realize that we need to, uh, in 2017, make it a New Year's resolution, not the kind you usually make, you know, to lose weight <laughs> and to make more money and to stop smoking if you smoke or to stop using uh, as much alcohol if you drink, things like that. Um, this is a different kind of New Year's resolution. It's one where you are going to uh, resolve to prepare yourself psychologically and physically to be more, res more resilient for terrorist attacks. You need to get yourself stronger so that in case there is a terrorist attack near you in the year to come, or even just, not even that, but even just the stress of, um, you know, the stress of hearing things that I'm going to be talking about today. <laughs> but the stress of living uh, with these constant, constant threats of terror, even if it's in a different country, you know, you hear something on the radio, or you come across something on the internet, and it's in a different country, and you've never been there, and it's a country that you associate with terrorism, and you think, oh, they're at it again. But still, it does have an impact on you not as much as, let's say, the San Bernardino attacks that were in California, you know, in the United States, but it still has an impact and it still makes you frightened, even though um, it's at an unconscious level and you may not be as much aware of it. So it still puts stress on us. And whenever you're undergoing stress, <laughs> that is not good for your psychological and your physical welfare. So, that's why we need to make this a New Year's resolution. So why don't I start going down the list. Um, there, one way of looking to, at these um, terrorist attacks, the year in review, is to um, look at ones that are uh, specifically linked to ISIS. Of course, you know, <laughs> They're pretty much all um, linked to ISIS these days. I mean, there are some still Al-Qaeda 
and there are some um, there are some that are other smaller terrorist organizations. But let's start with the ones um, linked. This list <laughs> again, you know, it, it's all the point of view of somebody compiling the list. But let's look at the one um, that that where it's definitely linked to ISIS. And I just want to mention uh, the two at the end of um, of 2015, where which I actually already did mention the parish shooting attacks. And in in that there were 130 killed and 368 that uh, were injured. And that was in November of 2015, and that was that included shootings and suicide bombings, and a grenade and hostage taking, and it was altogether a, a tremendous tragedy. And now the perpetrators of the, that attack have been killed, although really there still are questions about, you know, they're still looking in Belgium. Um, to ferret out terrorists, and there have been some who have been, gradually they've been finding more and more who were also connected to the Paris attack. So we don't know that they have all been punished or killed. And then, as I was mentioning, the San Bernardino attack, and I did a whole podcast on that that you can listen to, which happened in December of 2015. But now let's start with 2016. Um, for example, again, I am not mentioning the ones in Saudi Arabia and Syria and, and um, unless they're a special, you know, there's something more compelling about them because we would be here until next uh, December. So in Egypt, in January of 2016, there was an attack in Egypt, a stabbing attack targeting foreign tourists at the Bella Vista Hotel. And the two perpetrators of that were killed by police. There were there were really there were no who were no um, uh, victims who were killed. I mean, other than the perpetrators, but I wouldn't call them victims. And then there were two people who were injured. Also in uh, January of 2016, there were the Jakarta, Indonesia attacks. What's interesting about this is that it was suicide bombings and a shootout targeting a Starbucks. I mean, it is true, if you think about it, Starbucks are, are all over the world, and they are just begging, in a sense, I mean, you know, that because terrorists like to target dramatic targets and, um, and targets particularly that are symbols of America, uh, Starbucks are really targets all over the world. And not to, <laughs> I am not by any means saying not to go to Starbucks, but... I'm just saying that it's kind of, um, you know, it's amazing that it was, uh, this is the only one that I've heard of, um, and hopefully it'll stay that way. There was also a police station, the, um, the shootout also targeted in, in this same attack in Jakarta, uh, a police station was also targeted. And there were also attacks near the UN offices and several foreign embassies. Four people were killed, 24 people were injured, and the four perpetrators were killed, but there were some other perpetrators who escaped. Um, let's go to March of 2016, Belgium. That was the Brussels bombings. Uh, suicide bombers attacked a metro station and an airport in Zaventem in Belgium. And as you may have 
heard me say already um, in a previous podcast, um, I went to medical school in Belgium and I, I flew out of Zaventem countless times. Um, so I lived in Belgium for three years and um, I, you know, I, I know very well uh, these places. And so that personally was painful to me. Um, suicide, I, I did a podcast on it also. Um, I mentioned that in a podcast in any case. And uh, there were 32 people killed and 340 people injured in these uh, in this attack. Suicide bombers in an airport. Remember, this is the one where we kept seeing the pictures of the three suicide bombers at the airport um, walking, pushing their carts like, like you know, nothing was going to happen. Like they were weren't planning to uh, blow up the airport. These three perpetrators were killed and um, others, other suspects are being sought. Then in April of 2016, in Bangladesh, a US embassy employee and the editor of Bangladesh's first LGBT magazine was hacked to death in his apartment along with his friend. So those two people were killed and the perpetrators are at large. Um, let's see, again, remember I am skipping the ones in the countries that we normally associate with terrorism unless there's something particularly uh, unique. Okay, then France, 26, June 2016, there was the stabbing in Magnanville. Um, there was a stabbing that killed a French police officer and his companion. So two people were killed, those people, and then nobody else was injured. The perpetrator was killed by police. Um, then in June 2016 also, there was an attack in Malaysia, the first ever ISIS attack in Malaysia. I mean, and there are a number of those examples actually where it says first ever in various countries. I mean, you know, they are, they are going all over the globe, particularly because of the fact that they're losing land in Syria and Iraq, you know, because of the countries like America and like France and uh, England and the various, and Russia, the countries that are um, trying to uh, root out terrorists in those, in, in Iraq and Syria, because the, the ISIS is losing land, they are sending, uh, and, and people, fewer people are coming to those countries because of, you know, because they are losing. <laughs> um, the ISIS is, is making much more of an effort to create domestic terrorists in America, in Western countries, um, you know, and it's obviously been very easy to get lone wolves to follow their teachings, ISIS's teachings, to get them to make bombs, explosive devices, you know, there are all these lessons on the internet. So um, in June, so that was Malaysia. Then in June 2016, there was the attack in America, the Orlando nightclub shooting. That was June 12, 2016, Omar Mateen. He was a 29-year-old security guard. He killed 49 people in this nightclub. 
and um, he, it was a shooting attack, and yet he was able, I mean, it was, he, he was able to kill and injure a tremendous number of people, uh, 49 killed and 53 injured in this, in this shooting attack. Um, it was, it's considered a terrorist attack and hate crime, of course, because it was a gay nightclub. Pulse was the name of it, and it was in Orlando. Uh, I, I've done, I did two podcasts on this one, so if you want to hear more about that, just look for those. In July 2016, in France, Nice, that was the famous attack, um, a man, Mohamed Boulel, uh, he was 30, 31 years old, he was from Tunisia, and he was the man who deliberately drove a 19-ton cargo truck into the crowd celebrating Bastille Day on the Promenade des Anglais in Nice. And um, he killed 86 people and wounded 434 people. I mean, <laughs> huge, huge numbers. He was killed at the scene by police. Now, what was interesting, um, what is interesting is that this man um, from the Nice attack was from Tunisia. And the man from the recent, just uh, last week, the attack in Berlin was also Tunisian. Uh, and so, you know, in terms of it being, you know, in terms of what um, there are apparently a lot of uh, ISIS sympathizers in Tunisia, but also uh, since there was talk about the, you know, I talked about how the uh, man who took the truck into uh, and killed people into in the market in Berlin, the Christmas market, how that was a copycat from the man who took a truck um, and killed people in Nice, France. And uh, it was particularly a copycat because uh, he was copying his fellow countrymen's attack. Uh, then in July, also in July 2016, there was a Würzburg train attack. A 17-year-old Afghan refugee seriously injured four people with a knife and an axe on a train near Würzburg in Germany. So he, um, he altogether injured five people and he was killed by police. Then in Germany in July, July was a, was a big month for terrorism this past year. Um, there were one, two, three, four, five, six attacks in July. Um, in, in Germany, again, uh, there was the Ansbach bombing. A Syrian refugee blew himself up near a music festival in Ansbach, where there were about 2,500 people. Fortunately, only 15 of them were injured, and the perpetrator was killed in the explosion. Uh, again, we're seeing the hens come home to roost in Germany. Uh, I talked about this last time as far as the, the mistake, the huge mistake it was for Angela Merkel to allow a million uh, refugees to come into immigrants, refugees, whatever you would like to call them. They were a, um, a Trojan horse. Uh, for terrorists, you know, the, yes, there were a lot of people who were innocent and were needed help and, and their countries were war torn and we should feel sorry for them. But at the same time, because there was no vetting 
the gates were just opened to Germany, we're seeing, we're seeing the results. So um, then also in July in France, at uh, Saint-Étienne-du-Rouvray, there was the church attack. I'm sure you probably heard of this. Uh, the priest Jacques Hamel, two nuns and two worshipers were taken hostage by two men armed with knives in the church during mass, and the priest Hamel was killed. And he was killed in a gory way. His throat was slashed, and, and uh, it was just, um, you know, it was, when you think of about it being in a church, uh, there were lots of things that made this particularly horrific. So one person was killed, the priest, and three others were injured. Both perpetrators were killed by police. Then in August 2016, again in Belgium, uh, in Charleroi, there was a man who attacked two police women with a machete, and he was then shot dead by another police officer. And he's reported to have said Allahu Akbar during the attack. Then in Turkey, um, you probably will remember the attack by a child suicide bomber who um, killed over 50 people at a wedding at Gaziantep. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Gaziantep um, in Turkey. And that was also horrific because it was a child who also, you know, he was blown up. He was killed uh, in the explosion himself, along with over 50 people. And 69 were injured in addition. And this is actually a reflection of some new face of terror where terrorists are um, trying to recruit women and children because they are less uh, suspicious. People, you know, they're more able to get into places and be less suspected of being a terrorist, of course, as this child was at a wedding. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one suspected that he would be a suicide bomber, this innocent little child. And of course, they, they brainwash the children uh, to make them believe that they're doing something noble. Then in November of 2016, there was the Ohio State University attack where a man named Abdul Razak Ali Artan stabbed people and ran over others with a car. He killed one person. Um, I think that was just actually the, himself. He was shot by the response team at the university. And um, ISIS praised the attack and said that this man had responded to their call to attack civilians of coalition countries. I mean, that's pretty much what it is all over. And then, and then of course, December 2016, as I was mentioning, the Berlin attack, the 19th of December, a 24-year-old Tunisian asylum seeker, again, asylum seeker, he didn't get asylum, and he was on the watch list. He was supposed to be deported, but before they could deport him, he hijacked a Polish truck in Berlin, and drove it into the Christmas market. And um, what's interesting, there are some reports out now that he, they think that maybe he chose the man whose truck he hijacked because the man was in a, um, in a restaurant frequented um, by 
Tunisians and, and you know, that kind of um, Mediterranean or that kind of um, uh, food. Um, he, they, he, kill, he wound up killing 12 people and injuring 56 people. Um, and he was killed ultimately in Milan by Italian police. And I, I talked about that by, in my podcast from last week. Now, in, in, uh, and don't forget also, um, of course, nobody was killed, and I guess that's why they don't list it in this particular list, but there was the man in New Jersey who, um, who put bombs, explosive devices in uh, pl two places in New Jersey and two places in Manhattan, and fortunately, uh, no one was killed, but, and, it, and then he was um, involved in a shootout with police and he went to the hospital, but he's still alive and facing charges. And then of course, um, there were the, the shootings in the malls. Now, let me go to another, another list, another way of looking at this. The, um, the list of terrorist incidents in January of 2016, which include more than the ones um, that I was just mentioning. So in January, all of these are gonna be in January. There was a shooting in January, 2016. There was a shooting in Tel Aviv in Israel. Um, and the, a gunman who was identified as Arab Israeli, his name was Nasha'at Malhem, he fired into a crowded pub and several other businesses in Dizinkoff Street in Tel Aviv, killing two civilians and, um, and wounding another seven. He, this is this is this part is amazing. He fled the location, and he took a cab. <laughs> That's an interesting way for terrorists to travel. Now soon we'll be hearing they're going to be traveling by uh, by Lyft and uh, Uber <laughs> to get out of these uh, after their attacks. Right? Um, he, he took a cab, and unfortunately for the cab driver, he shot him, and he's he was killed. And then, but he was eventually found, the terrorist was found by Israeli counterterrorism forces in his hometown of Ar-Ara on January 8th, and he was shot dead after a shootout. And then selfie videos of him were found, which made it clear that he was inspired by ISIS. Um, there was a... Um, a shootout, well, a, in, in Valence, France, Valence, France, there was a vehicular attack. A 29-year-old Frenchman of Tunisian descent rammed over a civilian and a guard in an entrance of a mosque in Valence. And he was chanting, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. He then put his car into reverse to try to ram the soldiers again who fired warning shots and then fired to disable the driver. The driver said he wanted to kill troops because, quote, troops killed people, unquote, and that he wanted to be killed by the troops. He was a lone wolf and, um, you know, obviously a little psychologically uh, uh, <laughs> troubled because of, you know, his wanting to be killed by the troops. You know, obviously uh, 
that had significance to him. I mean, it wasn't just him, though. You know, a lot of people, that's part of the motivation for a lot of the terrorists who fire on um, troops and, and claim that it has to do with uh, America by killing people in their countries. Um, okay, then there was a melee attack in Paris, France. Uh, these are some of the, sh the smaller ones that you may not have heard of. Um, a par Paris police station attack. An asylum uh, seeker shouted Allahu Akbar outside a police station in Goutte d'Or near Montmartre, where police shot and killed him. Um, he was wielding a knife and a fake suicide vest. And he was Islamic State inspired. Then there was an attack in Philadelphia. Um, a gunman shot Philadelphia police, a, a Philadelphia police officer, Jesse Hartnett, who was driving a marked police car. He survived despite being shot multiple times. And he was able to get out of his car and shoot the fleeing suspect, Edward Archer. And he was, um, he claimed, in, later in the hospital, Archer claimed that he pledged allegiance to ISIS. Then we have, again, we're still in January 2016, um, a, another melee attack in Marseille, France. A 15-year-old Turkish boy attempted to decapitate a teacher from a Jewish school in Marseille with a machete. And um, he was also ISIS-inspired. And, you know, if, if you hear me um, turning pages, these are all the attacks in countries where, that we associate with terrorism. Uh, then also in, in January 2016, there was a melee attack in Beit Haron, the West Bank in Israel. Uh, two assailants attacked a woman outside of a grocery store and wounded another as she tried to flee the scene. A security guard shot and killed the assailants. And these were Palestinian lone wolves. And then we have another melee attack in Jerusalem, Israel. An American Israeli was stabbed and received minor injuries. It was another Palestinian lone wolves. In these past, in this past year, and actually, um, the year before, there's been an increase in stabbing attacks, particularly in Israel, um, because it doesn't buy Palestinian lone wolves, because it doesn't take very much. You don't need a truck, even. Not only do you not need know how to do you not need know to know how to make explosive devices, but you don't even need a truck. I mean, granted, you don't have the same number of killed and wounded, but for a lot of these people, it's just the idea that um, they are seen as, um, as, as being a martyr. They want to be seen, want to be known as being a martyr and want to do what they can. Um, there were, so there was one injured, there were none killed. And in that one, there was also, um, the next day, <laughs> there was a shooting in Beit El in the West Bank in Israel, a Palestinian 
uh, hidden in a car fired at an Israeli patrol. He was a Palestinian lone wolf and he um, injured, he, he killed one and um, injured three more. So let me go to the December. Again, this is in the, the larger list of terrorist incidents. Um, and let me go, that was January 2016. I'm now going to go to December 2016. And you can kind of compare them, compare and contrast terrorist attacks. Um, Again, this is the month where there were 125 of them, if you counted all of the countries. So in um, December 2016, December, December 14, 2016, in East Jerusalem in Israel, there were a lot of attacks in Israel in this year, um, two police officers and a 12-year-old boy were stabbed in the head with a screwdriver by a lone wolf, and, a, uh, and so there were, there were three, there was one who was killed and, and three who were injured. And then, um, also on that same day in Israel, there was a shooting at Ramallah in the West Bank. Uh, a Palestinian gunman shot at an Israeli car near Ramallah. There were no deaths and no injuries, and forces went searching for the perpetrator, who was a lone wolf. Then um, on December 19th, you probably heard about the uh, assassination of... Um, assassination of Andrei Karlov, who was the Russian ambassador in Turkey. And he did it in a place where there, were, there was a photographer who got the whole thing, um, he photographed the whole thing. And um, I mean, so obviously this man was, you know, looking to be a martyr, looking to be famous. And um, he the the russian ambassador was originally transported to the hospital in critical condition but he died and three bystanders were um also injured and uh, you know i love it they say the islamic state are suspected to be behind the attack the gunman was shot and killed on the scene and and it was, it's on on camera um then on December 19th to the 23rd, that's the Berlin attack, you know, that happened on the 19th, and then he was the attacker, the terrorist was killed on the 23rd. Well, that's, uh, that, those are the highlights of this particular list. Um, the stabbing that I mentioned on, on December 19th in East Jerusalem, it was the lone wolf terrorist who was killed. And in the assassination in, in Turkey, I think I made that clear that it was the lone wolf terrorist and, well, and the ambassador who were killed. And then, um, and then I, as I um, said in my podcast of last week in the Berlin attack, there were 12 people killed, the victims, 
plus now the terrorist was killed and there were 56 injured. Um, so, so far none of the injured have become death casualties. Um, oh God, you know, I can go on and on and on. Um, there were, there, you know, the, the, um, let me just, I, I don't want to go on for too long. I don't want to, but I mean, those are highlights. Those are not, I just want to make it clear. Those are in no way all of the attacks that happened in 2016. Now, I know what you're thinking that um, I must be happy <laughs> or uh, maybe not happy, but that I, that I pleased, I don't know what word to use. I'm not in any case happy or pleased that there all have been all these terrorist attacks. But you might be thinking that, um, that I am because my book is going to be coming out next month and Liars and Ti Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, oh my, uh, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. But as I've been mentioning, you know, I think it's bad for all of us that there is this increasing number and, and increasing lethality of terrorist attacks. And I particularly am personally connected to Belgium, France, Israel, and of course the United States. So, um, so no, I am not happy. Um, but yes, I, I am looking forward to my book coming out so that um, parents and teachers will be able to explain terrorism to children, which is becoming increasingly urgent to do. Before I, um, I, I wanna just mention one more thing about um, uh, ISIS and, and attacks. Um, the question is going to be, is there an ISIS terror attack threat for New Year's Eve this year? Well, you know, I, I talked last time about the fact that ISIS published lists of churches in the United States and um, encouraged lone wolves to go out and kill people in churches. And I, I encouraged you <laughs> to not stay home from going to church for Christmas or going to temple, synagogue for Hanukkah. Um, and see, I hope you didn't stay home. And if you had gone, um, or if you did stay home, now you see there weren't any attacks. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but the chances are very slight that you will be in the particular place that there is um, a terrorist attack. Now, of course, for New Year's, uh, there are certain places, like Times Square would be the key one, where terrorists would just love, love, love to have an attack. Um, but there are also uh, <laughs> the largest number of police and, and, you know, all kinds of people trying to protect the people in Times Square just for that very reason, because that would be quite a uh, feather in the cap of ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whoever would be behind such an attack. So there is, so I, I'm not saying to stay home from, from anywhere on New Year's. Um, there have been, um, that now there, early, there, there has been a, uh, a warning issued by the U.S. Embassy in Turkey regarding New Year's and a warning to U.S. citizens and expatriates in Turkey, especially after their ambassador had been killed. Uh, the warning says, U.S. Mission Turkey reminds U.S. citizens that extremist groups are continuing aggressive efforts to conduct attacks throughout Turkey in areas where U.S. citizens and expatriates reside or frequent. 
As we approach the end of 2016, U.S. citizens should be mindful of this when deciding to attend public gatherings for holidays and New Year's Eve celebrations. Now, you know, you could say that that applies to other countries, particularly in Europe, where there have been these serious attacks in, um, in the past two years, actually. And then um, there, there's uh, the Express reports that ISIS intends to take advantage of sexual assaults in Cologne, Germany, to, to distract police away from a larger terrorist attack. Now, if you remember, um, there was, there were these, there were a huge number, I think it was said at one time, there were a hundred um, rapes that went on on New Year's Eve. I, I, that figure, that figure cannot be 100% accurate because a lot of the women, for fear, didn't report the rapes, but there were sexual assaults all over um, Germany, uh, well, particularly in Cologne. Um, and actually, I'm not sure where it was last year, but they're saying that they intend to take advantage of sexual assaults in Cologne, Germany this year to distract police away from a larger terror attack. So in other words, if police run to help these women in Cologne um, to help prevent them from being raped, and because of last year when there was this huge number of women being raped, then the other component, the other uh, terrorists, you know, who are in this same group plotting this will uh, are planning, or there's a report that there's this intention anyway by ISIS to have a larger terrorist attack uh, somewhere, you know, Cologne or somewhere else in Germany. And then the Straits Times reports that Indonesian police recently foiled a New Year's Eve attack planned by a group of ISIS-linked militants. And then um, in and then as far as Times Square, ISIS has previously threatened to attack Times Square. In November 2015, a propaganda video showing a suicide bomber attacking the landmark was released. So, you know, encouraging people to do it either that year, and we don't know if there was a foiled attack last year, and certainly this year as well. That would be what ISIS would be trying to make lone wolves do, encourage lone wolves to do. Um, a pro-ISIS group has in fact called for more lone wolf attacks in the West during the holidays. And then um, in November of 2016, an ISIS magazine article targeting the Macy's Thanksgiving parade instructed jihadists how to carry out a successful attack as a lone wolf operative. Now, if you listen to my um, previous podcast, um, the one... I think whether it was last one or the one before that, I talked about how I was in the Hollywood uh, Christmas Parade. I think it was probably the last one, uh, last podcast. And I talked about how there were so many more police protecting the parade. And it was both, I had both feelings of being, you know, glad that I was being so well protected and yet um, concerned that, you know, did they know, did, did they get a, a tip? that there was, in fact, going to be a, an attack on the Hollywood Christmas Parade. And, and even though there were all those police, um, really, there was no 100%, there could have been ways for a terrorist to, to manage to create um, an attack there. And then um, 
And then they, they were suggesting, when they were suggesting that the um, last month that they target the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, they were suggesting that a lone wolf use a vehicle to plow into the crowd and also to carry a secondary weapon which I guess is why there were uh, all the side streets to the Hollywood Christmas parade. Um, there were police cars parked in all the side streets, so they, a vehicle couldn't have plowed through that. And that was kind of a new thing this year. That's very, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that before, but that's very interesting that, um, that they were probably concerned about vehicles using the side streets to plow into the Hollywood Christmas parade. So those are, I know you're thinking, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. That's enough, enough with the attacks, right? And again, there were so, so many more that um, there's no way to talk about all of them. You wouldn't want to hear about all of them. And, um, but I covered the highlights for sure. So now let me, instead of my doing, and you know, this is the Ask the Therapist part of the show where I answer your emails and questions, but instead of answering um, your email or question or um, your emails and questions. Um, I want to make sure that I give out the way that you can send um, me your questions um, for 2017 uh, podcasts. And that would be to either go to my um, Facebook page, which is, the Facebook page is, is called the terrorist therapist but um, you find it by going, uh, or one way you can find it is by going facebook.com, going to facebook.com slash Carol Lieberman, MD. So you'll see the spelling on this podcast page. Um, so it's facebook.com slash Carol Lieberman, MD. And there you'll find my uh, terrorist therapist Facebook page and you can message me with questions that you want me to answer during 2017. You can also contact me through Twitter, message me through Twitter, and that is at Dr. Carol MD. Well, let me um, close with giving you some suggestions here. <laughs> now that I've totally uh, threatened and depressed you, let me give you some ways to feel better. Um, First of all, you know, what, what can we learn from all these incidents? We learn, uh, number one, that there is no decrease in uh, terrorist attacks. They are increasing. They are particularly increasing in the West. And what does that mean for you? <laughs> um, as I started to talk about before, um, it means that you have to start becoming more resilient. Again, even if there was, with all these attacks that I did talk about, even if there was one that was nowhere near you, you know that, that, that there's, with lone wolves, you really cannot predict, I mean, other than obvious targets like um, Times Square on New Year's, you can't predict where terrorists are going to show up. So you have to, what you can predict, though, is how well you're going to be able to sustain not only an attack, but, but more likely um, sustain hearing every day about terrorist attacks somewhere in the world or about terrorism, even if it's not an attack every day. And in these lists, it's really almost every day. Um, but 
it's not just about an attack. I mean, chances are you are not going to be attacked by terrorists in 2017. I can tell you that. But you are going to be attacked by stress of hearing about terrorist attacks um, and that you're not going to be able to dodge because it's going to be on television, on radio, on the internet, um, <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> Um, but but I, I don't just tell you about the, t the attack. I tell you things that you can learn from the attacks and things that, will, that you can do. And so in a general sense for next year, you know, the way to, to um, make yourself stronger is by thinking of it as a marathon. Since it's not going away, you think about it as if you were preparing for a marathon, like a running marathon or some kind of a sport marathon. And um, you try to, psychologically, you need to do things that are stress busters. And uh, physically, the first thing you need to do physically is to go to the doctor to, take, to get a checkup. That should be, um, this is on the top of your list, your number one um, resolution for 2017 is to make yourself more resist, resilient for terrorism. Again, not just about the attack, but about being attacked every day by hearing about it. Um, and so you need to go to get a checkup and to find out if there is anything, any part of your body that needs treatment. Maybe you already know that there are things in your body that need treatment and you need to be on top of it because the stress attacks the most vulnerable parts of you. So in other words, if, you, if your stomach is, if you have ulcers or if you, uh, from all this stress, um, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it can give you ulcers or it can give you high blood pressure. These are the things that you need to check into. And of course you need to do the basics of getting enough sleep, which people in America are having a lot of trouble doing primarily because of the stress of terrorism. And, and of course, also the recession that has not yet gone away. Um, but you need to try, make an effort to get more sleep, go to bed earlier. You don't have to listen to the news that's gonna be telling you about more terrorist attacks. You need to take vitamins, you need to eat um, healthy food instead of fast food food. <laughs> And um, those are some of the basic things. I mean, I'm, I'm, there are lots of, I'm gonna tell you over the year, there are lots of things you can do that are stress busters, but for right now, keeping it simple, the number one, um, your number one resolution should be making yourself more re resilient. You should be thinking of it like a marathon. You should be looking, of it, looking at it psychologically getting prepared and physically getting prepared. Another thing you can do, or not you, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably not you out there killing cops, but you need to try to uh, do what you can in your neighborhoods to try to make sure that there is less cop killing. Because as you will have noticed in these different attacks that I talked about, how did the terrorist, how did the, ter how did the attack end? In most cases, it was by the police shooting the terrorists. So if we're going to be killing off police, and in fact, there is already, in fact, it's been reported in Texas that, and I'm sure it's happening all over in the United States, that um, there are fewer, that police uh, departments are having trouble getting people to enlist to become policemen. Well, duh, you know, with all the police getting killed all over the place, it's very hard for someone to be that 
you know, it's kind of like people who go into the military as well. These are brave people. These are people who are putting their life on the line. I mean, but when you go into the military, you kind of know that. But when you become cops, yes, indeed, um, you know that you're putting your life on the line, but it has never been as bad, never been as risky as it is now. So that's another thing. And then my final thought is that we, we just had Christmas, and um, how there are a lot of parents all over the world who wrestled with the decision about whether or when to tell their kids that Santa isn't real. But how many parents do you think wrestled with the decision about whether or when or how to tell kids that terrorism is real? That's something to think about. How many parents really were in denial and want to keep their kids in denial too? So people are more readily telling their kids that Santa isn't real than they are willing to tell their kids that terrorism is real. And um, at the beginning of 2017, I have the solution for all of this because that's when my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, will be coming out. And it will be providing parents for the way to um, tell their kids about, enough about terrorism in a gentle way, not in the way that I just did, listing all the terrorist attacks of 2016, but in a gentle way, because clearly this is something for it's for parents and teachers and grandparents. It's, it's really something that needs to be done for the current generation of children because we can't have them hearing about all of these attacks or, or, you know, any of these attacks on television, seeing it on television. I mean, it's, it's bad hearing about it on uh, radio and it's bad seeing it or hearing about it on the internet. But it's, it's really um, when there's pictures involved, uh, and yes, there can be pictures on the internet too, but, but it's more typical that, that kids will be passing by a television or they'll be watching the news or they'll be watching another program and the news will come on and lo and behold, breaking, or yes, the program will be interrupted with breaking news of the latest terrorist attacks. So before that happens, and it's a shock to their poor little systems, um, you need to think more about telling kids that terrorism is real than worrying about whether to tell kids that Santa isn't real. I believe, actually, <laughs> that you should keep Santa as, a, um, as real for kids until they, until, um, until you think it's time. But, it, you know, it's nice to have little kids at least sit on Santa's lap and do all of that. And I, I, that's not as important as telling kids that terrorism is real. And I will be providing you with a way to do just that, that um, will not traumatize them. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show, and I'm your terrorist therapist, Dr. Carol. Thank you.